Hi guys and welcome to a newly awake heavy metal strength coach and we're on another episode of the Grumpy Metal Heads podcast. I'm joined as ever by Shrubs 666. How are you doing my friend? Uh, doing good, doing good. It's <laughs> nice not to be sleep deprived, it's nice to be able to talk. Um, last episode that we released you probably noticed that I'd barely said anything because I was crippled with toothache as well. So it's nice to be feeling 100% me again. So, yeah, this is going to be good today. So, Shrubs, what have you been listening to, my friend? I'm uh, going to start off with this lovely subtle band called Bloodbath. Oh, this was going to be my one as well. What's this one <laughs> called? <laughs> Survivor of the Sickest. This is their sixth album, by the way. And... It, it's an absolute cracker, though. It, oh. I mean, if you want old school death metal done in the style of Entombed and Dismember with a bit of autopsy thrown in there as well, this is what you're going to get. And Nick Holmes's vocals on this are probably the best growls I've heard him do for a long, long time. Yeah. He, he, he blew me away with his vocals this time. I, I think he's, yeah, he's just so good. I was a bit dubious of him at first with Bloodbath when he was first announced as being the uh, the vocalist because it used to be Mikkel Arkefeld from Opeth. His death vocals are, are really, really good anyway. Um, not that he does them anymore, really, but when he does do them, they're really good. But Nick Holmes, he was really good as well back in the day. You know, the really, really early Paradise Lost albums, you'll hear him doing just that. He d- didn't sing at all on, on, on those first, I think, two albums. So yeah, his death vocals back then, but because it's been so many years since since he's really done them, I, I was dubious that he was going to be able to pull them off when he joined Bloodbath, but he seemed to do it and they were they were good. But this time I think they've really captured it properly this time. It feels like he properly enjoyed doing them as well at the same time. So and that's why we've got, I think, better vocals from him this time round. I think the uh, the artwork's amazing as well. The uh, the main zombie on the front looks quite a lot like Nick Holmes as well. I really hope that they've done like a an, impre- <laughs> an impressionistic zombie version go. of Nick Holmes. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. Who, I wonder who did the art for that. Does it say? Um, it will do. We'll uh, we'll stick it into the show notes anyway. But I'm not sure right now. Was there a few um, guest vocalists or musicians? Yeah, the, um, I mean one of them. Well? One of them stands out a mile because the minute you hear his vocals, you know exactly who it is. And it it is Barney Greenway from Napalm Death. He's one of the uh, guest vocalists on there. There's a couple other people that are on there. Mark Grew, who I don't know, and, and Luke LeMay. I don't know who they are either. Um, I've heard the names, but I can't remember where they're from. Luke LeMay did vocals. I'm just having a look at We'll, we'll find is. out. We'll find out. It's okay. The album's an absolute banger anyway. Uh, um, Guts is Luke LeMay, uh, Insidious Disease. So okay. Not- so lots of death metal in there. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it is just full of death metal with great song titles like putrefying corpse and malignant <laughs> maggot theory or therapy should i say tales of melting flesh you yeah know. and um, uh, yeah it's very much your, your your stereotypical sort of like death metal uh lyric content and musical style um but it's done really really well the only thing i would say that's bad about the um album art is um the font of the album title 
looks like they forgot to do it and then stuck it on at the end with word art. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only bad thing about this album. Oh, and we'll put it in italic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, That's an interesting choice. But it doesn't take away from the music in any way. Like This is yeah, incredible. Yeah. This is Bloodbath back at the best. I'm not sure they've yeah. really had a weak album because they are so heavy, but it's possibly the most fun album that they've done, and it's relentless for 11 songs. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely relentless. It does not stop. No. 45 minutes of bludgeoning death metal. I mean, oh, that, that, that is the album title right there. Let's not say anything else and let's just give it a rating out of 10. Okay, I gave this a nine because yeah. it, it is so good. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely one of the best death metal I've heard. You know, just straight out and out death metal I've heard this year. Okay, my friend. What else have you been listening to? Okay, we're going to go to another big release this year. This in the last, because this I've got a couple of weeks rolled into one here. Another big release from last week and Bear Moth's Opus Contras, uh, Opus Contra <laughs> New Nat, Naturam. Jesus, they, they put V's in places and it just keeps throwing me out. So this is their 12th album now. And again, it, it's another it's another good one. It, it's better than the last one. I love <laughs> you at your darkest. There you go. It, it's better than that one, which is, which is good. Because I, I, I didn't mind that the last one. I, I just think there was some stuff on there I didn't think was particularly good of theirs. I can't remember the name of the songs off, off the top of my head, but this one's much, much better. This one feels a lot more cohesive. It feels a lot more together. All the songs seem to fit together better rather than feeling like... I think the last one for me felt like it was more just a collection of songs thrown onto an album rather than any any thought about the flow of the album and, and everything else. This one, there seems to be a lot more of a more consistent flow with all the songs. They do feel like they fit together <clears throat> a lot better. So this one's a much, much better album. I was getting quite excited because of the few releases they'd done leading up to it were, were really, really good. Felt like it. we were back on par again. I um I'll be honest. I have avoided listening to this album so far because a couple of people said it was a little bit meh, and I'm really glad that you've said what you've said today because I'm definitely going to get into it because I loved you at your darkest was was quite good, and if this one is better, then yeah, I'm mega excited for this one now. So yeah, I I, I feel it's better. I I'm I'm much more. I, I feel much more comfortable with this one than I did the last one. I, I just, yeah, for me, it just feels like a, a better album. I, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I, I, I've i given it a, a nine out of ten, I think I've given this one. Oh, so, amazing. Yeah, I, I, really, I really did enjoy it. So, I mean, there will be people that won't won't have enjoyed it because Bear Moth have got really big and so some of the true cultists will be slamming it and saying... Uh, they're selling out, but it, it it reminds me a little bit more of what <clears throat> they've kind of transitioned a little bit towards, like Rotten Christ, with that almost sort of like they've slowed it down a little bit, but made it more rhythmic, if that makes sense, more tribal type sounding. So that that's what I come away with this. So if you enjoy that, the later period of Rotten Christ, this feels like it's headed kind of in that direction a little bit. So I I really I I've really enjoyed it. I'm not gonna lie. So, yeah, that's great. Okay, yeah. my friend. What else have you been listening to this week? 
Okay, uh, going to go for something a little bit that I, I mean, I've only just come across this band recently from Sweden and they've been around since 2007, and, but this is only their second album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a band called An Abstract Illusion and the album's called Woe. This now, is like just just before you you delve into this, so let's let's just give me that um album title again. It's called Woe. Is this shoegaze? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I thought it would be. Now, what is it actually? I'll shut up now. <laughs> it, it's progressive black metal. <laughs> oh, it was one of the two. It was one of the two. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so if you think of bands like uh june elements of winter sun elements of early opus but with some progressive elements to it they they do kind of take you kind of all over the place a little bit but in a nice way it fits it flows cohesively it it's a really 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 good album it, it shocked me at how good this was and every time I listened to it I just keep I kept seeming to be dragged into it even more <clears throat> and properly enjoyed even more of it happening you know every time I listened to it there was something else and you go wow where did that come from like you hear some old sort of like 60s 70s keyboard sounds coming in in the background you're like wow didn't notice that before and and it just and you hear it all the time then but it it doesn't detract you from the rest of the stuff and when they do their the full-on black metal bit they really let they really do hammer it in when they do some of the really more proggy progressive the the properly full-on progressive stuff it is properly done like that it's just so so good really really good really impressed with it and yeah just kept wanting to listen to it over and over again i mean yeah, it, it's just the the one of the the proper full opening track of Slaves. I mean, it, they've got one, they've got like an intro track before, which is like three minutes long, but the opening track, proper opening track of uh, called Slaves, is just absolutely cracking. And then they've got a fourteen minute song on it. So this is where you know I'm going to like. It. <laughs> <laughs> Shrubs is um, rubbing his hands at the prospect of a fourteen minute song. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. Here we go. Yeah. Again, it, it's called In the Heavens Above. You will become a monster. And it is just superb. Uh, and it is a, like a massive 14 minute journey. There, there's like full on black metal in it, it then slows it down to prog rock and then it brings it all the way back up again. It, it's, but it, it's done really, really well. Um, very, very impressed with this album. What would you give it out of 10? I've given this a nine out of 10. This has I been like- a solid week of releases. Like there's going to be yeah. a couple of these in the top 10, I'm sure. Oh, I mean that one. That one possibly bloodbath, possibly Bearmoth, probably not. Um, I think I've heard definitely better albums than than what Bearmoth have done. I'd say Bearmoth is good. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but there's definitely albums out there. That... Well, um, it will certainly make it into the sub seven to um, nine out of ten. Um, <laughs> Fifty top albums of the year list. Yeah, it would be in that. <laughs> Now, I'm going to go with a female um, solo project from Finland called uh, Vermilia. And uh, oh, yes. her music is uh, epic Scandinavian pagan metal. It's yep. got raw vocals. 
It's got melancholy vocals. It's got some incredible harmonies in there. Um, when the album first kicks off, it sounds like it's going to be something like Wardruna. But yep. it's essentially, there's going to be bits where it's like Wardruna, but with black metal vocals. Um, it, it's going to be like Wardruna, but with more female vocals in there. And this album is called Rushka, and it is incredible. Absolutely yep. incredible. Have you heard this one, Trips? I, I have indeed. It nearly made it nearly made my list to listen to. I, I again, it was another one of those. I really, really enjoyed listening to it and wanted to keep going back and hearing more because you would keep hearing more every time you gave it another listen. Yeah, I mean, there's there's bits of it that's yeah. like Elvete. There's bits in there, like I say, that are like Wardruna. Um, there's amazing influences um, from black metal in here um, yeah. the vistas that this music creates are absolutely incredible um, I'm going to be listening to this album a hell of a lot so I, I definitely gave this album a, a solid 9 out of 10 as well yeah nice yeah I, I gave it something like a, a 8 to 8.5 because I, I again I really really enjoyed it um, yeah it's a debut album as well isn't it yes yeah yeah, it really, really good. The artwork for it is amazing as well. Yeah. I love the artwork on the album as yeah, well. Even the CDs look incredible. I haven't seen the uh, full packages stuff, but <clears throat> definitely the artwork. I loved it. <clears throat> yeah, it, it looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, I was really, in, I was really impressed with it as a debut album. It's, it's an, it's a cracking debut album. I'd be well impressed if, if I, if I had any musical ability whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, my friend. Let's uh let's go on to your next release. Okay, I'm gonna do Blood Countess Occulta Tenebris, band from York. This Hello. is their debut album. And what can I say? This is this is black metal at its truest form with songs all about Countess Bathory. And basically the name of the band gives that away as it's going to be. So this is for fans of the Infernal Sea, Anti-Inferno, Abduction, a host of other UK black metal bands. Yeah, it just just get into it because it, it is a really, really good album. Let me stop you there, Shrubs. Are these coming on our podcast? Let me just uh, they might be coming on our podcast. They're coming on our podcast. That's really, that's really cool. Everyone stay tuned for that one. Um, <laughs> that one is going to be a banger. Tell me a little yeah. bit more about the members. The, the female vocalist is called the Countess. You did not know that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and everything else is played by Istvan, who is also Steve Blackwood, who's in Old Corpse Road, I believe. He is. Uh, and a, f a few other bands... He's also, I believe, known to be run the Blackwood Gathering Festival and, now, and a few other things like that. Yeah, and interviewing those two is going to be really cool. Um, now, what about the music on this? Like, uh, does it punch you in the face um, or is it a little bit too shoegazy for you? <laughs> it's definitely the opposite end of the spectrum from shoegaze, I'm afraid. <laughs> I still love it, though. I, I oh. still think it. Yeah, it, it's fucking great. It's yeah, the blackest it, it, of black metal. Yeah, it, it's it, it's proper black metal done the way you want your black metal done nowadays. It, it's really really good quality. The production's really really good on it. Vocals are astonishing. Musicianship on it are astonishingly good as well. So yeah, properly properly loved having that slamming my 
my head down. There was one song in particular that I just every time every time it come on, I just I don't know. It just just pricked my ears every time. It's that Ad Alter Sanguinem. It's the second track on the album. Yeah, and that song is is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and so, the visuals that the band create on stage are incredible as well. In all the red light, the album artwork is all red as well. And uh, just with it being the Blood Countess, I think it just makes it all work so so yeah. well. So it's yeah, it's going to be really exciting to um, one see these guys live, two keep listening to that yeah. album, and three interviewing them on the podcast on Wednesday as well. So with all that being said, what would you give this album out of ten? I said eight and a half. I think. Okay, I would rate it a little bit higher, but this is The Shrub Show. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, any other releases this week, Shrubs? I just got one more, just an EP uh, for fans of Cult of Luna, The Ocean Collective, again, June, LLNN, so you can see where this is going and why I love this. It's a band called Irist. Uh, and the EP's called Gloria. They're from Atlanta, Georgia. And if you're definitely needing a fix, an updated fix of Colt Luna, although they've released stuff this year, but an update of the Ocean Collective or June, although they've all released stuff recently, if you want to get more of that, then definitely go check. Don't check out his shoe. Don't don't sniff the shoe. Go go and check this band out and just fully immerse yourself in in the love of that style of music because I can't get enough of it. I, I think it's great. Um, and this band do it really, really well. I, I'd be intrigued to see this band live and hopefully they can they can slam my head against the wall several times hard whilst playing live. <laughs> Excellent. Um, what would you give this out of 10? I've given this a 9 out of 10 as well. Fucking hell! All the 9s! I've had two weeks to have a look at good stuff and I don't don't get me wrong, there's been some shit that I've listened to to get to it, but... We I'm don't need gonna, to look into that I'm one. Give, we don't. Let's, no, it's good. Stuff. Let's celebrate the fact that it's been an awesome week of releases and new music and incredible stuff. Yeah. Because this well. review thing can get jading and this is one of the weeks where it's like, no, this is fucking incredible. Now, Essential yeah. Metal listening, go. Okay, going to go back to a really old band that only ever, only released two albums... This is dissection. It's because no, <laughs> I've done dissection already. I know um, twice. Cacophony is the name of the band, and the album's called Speed Metal Symphony, and it was released in 1987 on, I think, Roadrunner and Shrapnel Records. They only did two albums. It was basically two guitarists called Jason Becker and Marty Friedman. Marty Friedman actually was one of the longest standing members in Megadeth for a while. He actually managed to record five albums with Dave Mustaine, starting with one of their most, the the most iconic album they they did. He was the guitarist on that. And I've seen him, seen him live in Megadeth during that period as well. Um, He's done a shit ton of solo stuff as well. He now lives in Japan. He's an unreal guitarist, absolutely unreal. Jason Becker was, again, an unreal guitarist. He went on to do, he did some work with Dave Lee Roth, but then got um, a disease that incapacitated him now because he, he stopped being able to use his hands. And obviously for guitarists, that's 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 fatal really for them. And then eventually he was unable to walk and unable to talk. He's paralysed now, but he's still writing music because they only gave him a few years to live once he was diagnosed with it, but he's still going. I mean, that was in, I think, 
late 80s, early 90s that he was diagnosed with it. And so was only given a few years to live. And yet he's still going and he's still writing music because he can write music with his eyes. Because I think his dad built him a computer that allowed him to communicate very much like Stephen Hawking and stuff like that. And so he still writes music and is actually still writing music. I think he wrote at least one song recently for Marty Friedman as well. So he's still collaborating with Marty Friedman and his friend from school. Oh, and, wow. That's yeah. yeah. So the whole story like around them is incredible. But this album, it's called Speed Metal Symphony. There is one track on there called Speed Metal Symphony because basically they converted elements of symphonies into sort of like speed metal, thrash metal. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, the whole album, when, when listening back to it, because I haven't listened to it for absolutely years. I mean, I'm talking decades of not listening to it. And when I started listening to it again, I was just like, how good is this album from start to finish? Yeah. It's, just, it's just absolutely cracking. They have got a vocalist in there. It's it, So it is full of guitar wankery. So there is lots of solos and, you know, the two guitarists playing off against each other and doing lots of things like that. So there is a lot of that and it is primarily about that. But there are vocals on there which are done really, really well. Lyrics are meh at times. They've got a song called The Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> which just I mean and listen to it as well it's just it, the folk lyrically it's it, it, it it's funny but um musically it's astonishing and it kind of it the reason I, I picked it up again was because of last week going and listening to anthrax among the living and it kind of I don't know why but it just triggered me to remember cacophony and and this album in particular they did the the next album afterwards wasn't as good but this album I thought was incredible. And just listen to the one track Speed Metal Symphony. It's it the way they, they mold those elements of those symphonies together and and use guitars to do it, it's it, it's astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. And it's such a shame that we didn't get to enjoy more of actual Jason Becker's performance and actually being able to play Life Can Be Shit. Um, but Mighty Friedman still and Mighty Friedman's still doing plenty of weird stuff with a guitar so, um, and actually lives in, in Japan now anyway. So, so you, and he's done some work with some Japanese pop stars and people like that as well. So. Yeah, definitely um, dig into some of his um, obscure stuff. It's uh, it's really cool to see the direction that he's gone in. So he was, oh, running, said... a, he was running a TV show in Japan as well. Why not? Why so, not? So, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah. All the power to yeah, definitely. Go check it out. And obviously, if you want to hear his other work that he's done, like go and listen to the five albums from Rust in Peace onwards, because he's on all of those as well with Megadeth. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, today has been a great episode, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you all for listening and we will see you all again next week. <laughs>